follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Doing good, Shad. I'm doing good as well. I am happy to hear it. We want to say thank you to everybody out there joining us for this episode. We're going to get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning, as always. That means the first shout-out goes to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That is the number four capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast, to save 10% off your order. I'd go ahead and get your orders in now because you can get that wrestling fan in your life a super soft, comfortable, intelligently designed, <laughs> you know, a shirt that, that could be a little bit clever as opposed to just a giant screen print of someone's face on the front uh, shirt sent to you. And really, that's more of a WWE slam than anything else. Uh, sent to you if you want it sent in time I'd get on that ball right now before they get swamped and our other shout out means that we throw the ball over to Matt uh, that'd be to Orlando Cologne um, I he has shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees um, and I probably would have, I need to put in a Christmas order for a friend but <laughs> I don't know if at this point in time I could even get those because Pro Wrestling Tees is their shipping sucks unlike Collar and Elbow well, he, he might be able to shipping. get them for 2023. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I'm hoping because they, so I guess Pro Wrestling Tees closed their their physical storefront to reconfigure to do the the shipping better. So I'm hoping it gets better when they do that. It it might, but it still is going to cost like an arm and a leg. It's just, yeah. I it, like they. Pro Wrestling Tees does good work, but I think it took me six weeks to get my my Danhausen shirt. Ooh. And even like when I bought a couple autographs from them, it took like almost a month. Uh, speaking of Danhausen, uh, yes. on Black Friday, I ordered the the official Danhausen figure that it's actually it's like a pre-order it's not it's not coming out like probably at this point probably oh, the like Sunhausen or whatever one uh it's zombie sailor oh I think like that official that guy it, um, you, it the micro brawler like an actual figure no an actual figure oh I didn't know he had an actual figure yeah, yeah it's it's he a pre-order he yeah he um Yes, I'm looking up. It's zombie, zombie sailor boys, and he's he's getting into the wrestling figure game. Is uh um, like his 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 own ones. Is our boy doing it, helping him with it? Oh no, our right, friends of the show. Yeah. <laughs> no, I th- I'm pretty sure that they are. Uh, I'm pretty sure 
Chris doesn't like him. Oh. <laughs> he, I think he. Oh, if you go around the on zombiesailor.com, the website, like Dan Housen, it's like, like right there. He's like on the front page. That's sure. gonna make he'll make a crap load of money. Yeah. Uh, it's not sold out yet. Uh, oh wait, I take it out. I take it back. He is. It is sold out. <laughs> mm. But it was a pre-order that it's a spe- this was a special pre-order where if yeah. you if you uh, bought if you signed up for the pre-order, it came with a little bag of accessories. Um, one of those things included like uh, a bag full of, of human monies <laughs> and <laughs> a jar of, a jar of teeth. Yes. Um, I hope he gets so a that's... gold house and a rocket car like vehicles playsets. Mm. You know. What? Uh, at first that, happened that's... to me this week is I saw the new AEW toys. I saw the entire line on the pegs at a store, which I usually wow. do not run across that. Yeah. Super hit or miss here. Like I, I, I've not seen past like a certain wave. I, I have to say though, I know, I know you have to plan those in advance, but to me, it's a really bad look that the, that, um, Scorpio and Kazarian had the tag titles. Mm-hmm. That's just a bad look to me. It's like they had the tag titles like almost what two years ago now, three years ago. It just um, like keep your figures at least semi up to date. I know, I know you have to pre-plan that stuff, but it's not hard to take belts out and put something else in there with them. But I think the molds have looked a little better on the last AEW line or two. I feel like they've improved that a lot. Which figures in particular? The last set I thought looked good. Like the, the Scorpio one, um, the last set of Bucks I thought looked pretty good. No, I will say for all the difficulty in actually obtaining them, you, you can't you can't ever find them in stores. It's really more like buying it secondhand, like mm-hmm. through a different retailer. Um ringside collectible sells them but friend of the show chris does not like ringside i don't like um um, i don't like their p their pr guy on twitter uh, oh jazzwares jeremy yeah that guy he's yeah he's a douche um (laughs) uh, i would advise against buying them on ringside just because ringside's markup is insane like 20 dollar figures Usually there will go for like twenty six, twenty eight bucks. That's ridiculous. Um, it is ridiculous. Uh, and those the AEW figures I don't think really go on sale. Some of the WWE elites, uh, if you wait on those, like they all drop down in price. Some of them, uh, but they're they're really expensive. I would try and find AEW figures on other websites. I saw recently that something sold on like GameStop. And they were even discounted on GameStop, I guess, for the holidays. But you can't really get everything. Like, the first couple waves, I think, had a good availability. But beyond that, like, not really. You know, the the action figure thing really frustrates me. Because even Hasbro, who is, like, the biggest game in town, is, like, really slapdash and disorganized with it. And it really really bothers me. Like, even, Mm -hmm. like... Like, just the Marvel Legends stuff. Just how bad the distribution is. Like, if you pre-order from Hasbro themselves. Like, I have some sets that I've pre- I pre-ordered, like, the whole set. And I, like, the Spider-Man one, for some miracle, they actually sent them all to me at once. But there's been releases where I've gotten, like, a figure here, a figure there, two figures mm-hmm. here. And it's like, 
how are you guys doing this? Or like, I've heard it through you, through you, and some of this stuff has been on the shelves for like a month, and you haven't sent me anything. Like the the Fantastic Four retros don't have those yet. It's really weird because, especially I like I mostly buy those um, like in the store if I see them. They are available on on other websites sometimes. Like sometimes you can get them off Amazon. Uh, or Target.com, like their actual website has them. I just bought like the the Spider-Man Armadillo Wave. I got like four of those figures online through the Target app, and I was able to get those like pretty quickly. But I had not seen those in stores, except I went uh, randomly to a different Target that I don't usually go to this weekend, and they had like the one figure I needed. They had that there, but I have otherwise never seen that anywhere. And it's confusing, too, because, like, they also have the X-Men um, Age of Apocalypse wave. Yeah. Uh, which is, like, six or seven figures. Uh, I've seen approximately four of those figures in the stores. I didn't get the Magneto because he, he's not part of the Build-A-Figure art. But I've, I've seen I've seen Cyclops, I've seen Rogue, and I randomly caught, came across, like, Iceman the other day, which are part of the Build-A-Figure of that wave. And so I grabbed them. I I grabbed the I grabbed them, but I have not seen the rest of them. And it's like, I there's plenty of rogues, there's plenty of cyclops, plenty of magnetos. It's like, well, when the fuck are the other ones coming out? Um, you need what? Legion, Kitty, Sabretooth. Yeah, and it's like a question mark when they're gonna get. They they must like release certain figures. Like, like it's staggered. Like the, the those figures that I found are probably released. The other ones, like who knows? But it's like. I shouldn't have to like. I really shouldn't have to order online. I mean, I know that, but it's like, I, how are they doing it? The distribution is confusing as all hell. Because most places get like one wave, but like, what I hate are like the Walgreens exclusives, like Nova. I got him at cost, but I had to buy him on a marketplace. Like, I literally never see the Walgreens exclusives hit the shop. I went. I, sh- I actually went to a Walgreens this morning. They had like no toys. They were like completely picked yeah. up. But yeah, I would. I would love. I would love those exclusives, but I have I I, <laughs> I just no happened, idea where I'm going to find them. I was just on Facebook Marketplace. I don't even think I was looking for it. And some dude in Alabama had the Nova one that just came out for 25 bucks, And he shipped it to me for $25. I'm like, that is fair for a figure still in the box. Oh, yeah. You got a, is that 25 with shipping? Yep, 25 shipped. Wow, you got a great deal. Because right. some of these Marvel Legends, like the X-Men ones that I just talked about, they're fucking ringing up like retail for like 26 bucks. And it's like, this is wrong. Like y'all were selling, you were selling these figures for $20, like just a, a few months back. And even if you say like, well, you know, inflation got to raise prices. It's like 26 is a lot when other Marvel legends figures are selling for like 22, 23. Which I also feel is like, hmm? it sounds incredibly disingenuous to blame the price to jump on, one figure or set of figures in your entire line on inflation. It's like, can and, you not come up with something better? That's if that's. I mean, that's not as bad as like Amazon, because Amazon certain figures they will sell for like thirty five bucks. Like I, this the Spider Man Armadillo Wave, they are selling a uh, a Miles Morales in his like Spider Man costume. Uh, I think Brad, you said that that's like the first one of those that's been released. Like, there's it's, been Miles Morales figures, but not. In his suit proper. 
yeah, in his proper suit. So that's kind of like a, a, a new first in the line type of figure. Uh, Amazon's selling it for like fucking $35. And I. Well, that's. So with the problem you run into with Amazon is some of those mm-hmm. are like from third party sellers. So they probably do not have mm-hmm. one at Amazon. So if Amazon had him in stock with Amazon, he would be for MSRP. But you're getting like mm-hmm. someone that's trying to, to get someone on Amazon to, that's desperate to mm-hmm. buy him for 35 Perhaps, but I didn't do that. And then I, I was able to pick that up um, off the Target app at cost, at retail cost, uh, literally like a week later. Like, I don't <laughs> mind paying like 30 for some, like, a, a, like, like, a, I think, well, no, the Hercules figure was, was like 23. Like, if the figure's a little bigger and nicer, like, if they had wanted, um, like 30 for that retro kingpin, I would have probably been okay with that because it's like, well, that is a decent hunk of plastic. I get it. But uh-huh. it's just like when they're like, oh, well, well, this is just whatever. And it's like, but that looks like all the other figures. Uh, different toy line, but same, uh, I guess like six inch scale. Some of the, uh, the McFarlane DC ones, they're going retail for like 20 bucks. And if those were like 23, 25, 26 bucks, I probably wouldn't grumble because if you've ever seen one of any of those or held them in your hand, some of those, it's like, this is a ridiculously large amount of plastic <laughs> that you're giving me. I feel like if I, if I decided to, to bludgeon someone <laughs> with some of these figures, like I, I easily could, cause it's like a lot of plastic well, that I- you're only charging like 20 bucks for. He's the one that cursed us with collector's mentality, though, because um, mm. back in the day, so mm. sit or, like gather around you young ones, and we'll talk about the 90s. So when he started doing the Spawn toys in like probably the late 90s, that's where like the collector's market I feel really became like a thing. That and when they did the um, were they like three three and three four Star Wars figures? Yes. Like when the they did the re-releases and like the prequels, I feel like that's mm-hmm. where the collector's market really like started taking off. Mm-hmm. Because the Star Wars ones were big for a while, because they were really putting some stuff out you didn't get in like the original line. Like I remember, um, they did like the first Wedge and Tilly's, and that one was hard to find and stuff. But like. The um the spawn toys were big and they were like the like the first thing that you would want to like put up to show because they were so cool. Mm-hmm. And I'd sadly probably go back and look at the price on those and they are fifteen bucks I bet. So now that we've um we've put Shad to sleep, would you guys want to talk about some <laughs> cartoons? Let's huh? talk some cartoons. <laughs> Wait, what's happening? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's cartoon. Is it Saturday morning? Yes, Chad. It's Saturday okay. morning. Yay! So we we have not decided if this is going to be the last um, we do of this in like the chronological fashion. We might go back and do some side things, but we're going to discuss '96 and see what we think. I do not feel confident talking about that one because the schedule is a little wonky and I don't know much on it. So even this schedule, I don't recognize a lot or have like a good recollection of it right well let's see what we come up with so let's go to abc as always uh to start us off here and um 8 a.m the new adventures of madeline um madeline was like uh madeline sorry i said it wrong 
That was like um like a French kind of cartoon, right? Where she was like um in like a Catholic school or something. I have no I don't idea. remember this. Yeah, I remember nothing about this, but I am vaguely aware of Madeline as a as a character because uh, I think it was based on like a comic strip. I think so, or Mad- children's books or something. Yeah, Madeline uh, was like a French thing. Was Babar King of the Elephants French too? He was European. I don't know exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I knew about I, I i didn't knew hardly anything about babar but i just knew he was a european thing remember mm-hmm. when um family channel got into like cartoons and they got like weird stuff they got like that and like um the prince valiant cartoon and stuff family channel tried really really hard but i don't know it they god it felt like they never did really hit super well on stuff. You remember Maniac Mansion when they did the the live action show for that? Yes. Not and at like, all. It had virtually nothing to do with the video game. No. It was just like kind of an Adam Stanley ripoff, I think. Wow. It basically kind of was, yeah. Yeah. I think it lasted yeah, two or three years that. though, so I mean it had that going for it. Um, so 8.30, for some reason, Free Willy is still on the schedule. Ugh. Um, okay. 9 a.m., we get dumb and dumber because... Um, yeah, that's a great question. Because what? What in the world made anyone think that Dumb and Dumber, a movie which, while funny, featured such things as... A daydream involving a woman taking her shirt off and having literal headlights on her chest. Um, a implied attempted uh, sodomy scene in a men's bathroom. Um, poisoning uh, poisoning a guy by mixing rat poison into his uh, medication. Um, duping a poor poor young boy by selling him a dead bird. Uh, you know what? What made him think that was going to be a good cartoon? My, my favorite, You're... my favorite part, my favorite part ahead, of that movie though is when they open the suitcase that should be full of money and it's full of IOUs, and he's like, <laughs> "This is an IOU. This is as good as cash." A car. That's a big one. Like the movie's funny. Oh, let's not forget about Jeff Daniels' tour de force of the raging diarrhea scene. <laughs> what were you going to say, Matt? I was going to say, uh, you you remember way more about that movie than I do. And I've seen that movie more than once, but I, I don't call <laughs> I, any of these details. I had friends that were obsessed with it. Like, it kind of got ruined by me for people endlessly quoting it. Oh, wait, I forgot another one. How about Harlan, uh, Harlan Williams as a highway patrol officer unknowingly drinking urine out of a beer bottle? Right? Our pets' like, heads yeah. are falling off. Yeah, <laughs> I got worms. Like, okay, the movie is appropriately dumb fun, but I don't have any idea how exactly they thought this was going to transition to Saturday morning well. Well, and th- there's another Jim Carrey property on here that I thought would make it better, but I personally, with Dumb and Dumber, I thought Ace Ventura 1 and 2 were better movies overall. 
Well, I think Dumb and Dumber was a remake of an earlier Jim Carrey movie, just with the the like a better term with the dumb dialed way up. Oh. Um, hang on, I'll be able to tell you in just a second. Let's. I remember him on in Living Color. That's like my first memory of him was um, what was his fire? He was like fire. Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. Yeah, Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's say that. Let's say you've got a glove holding a bunch of thumbtacks, but you're on fire. Now you stop, drop, and roll. Now the fire's out, but you look like Hellraiser. Let's see. That had to be based on that earlier. I kind of, I liked his movies for a while, but I kind of thought he lost the plot with uh, me, myself, and Irene. You know what? I enjoyed that one well enough. It was okay, but, like, that's when he started wanting, like, he, where he really, I thought, went wrong is when he started trying to do Oscar bait stuff, and he just isn't. Oh, yeah. He's just not um, that kind of actor. Uh, he, um, what was it called? The Truman Show, I thought, was actually pretty good, and he said, he he didn't play like the 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 wild manic stuff, but he he came off as very likable and relatable in it. I thought he so, did. I know it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie, but I thought he was an okay Riddler for what he did. He that he was. Uh, that movie suffered a lot, but it suffered more from um, Joel Schumacher turning it into basically. Uh, they were the Adam like a, West, the Adam West show in a movie form. Yeah, and and this is not. I'm not making a criticism, um, as we have kind of intimated on the show before. We are uh, we are pro LGBTQ, but Mocker, who was a who was a gay man in real life, he kind of decided to make it like basically like gay camp, like a very campy version of the 1960s Batman show, which is already like high camp to begin with. Yeah. It was an odd movie, uh, and the Batman and Robin one was worse. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that was kind of more like an unintentionally I'm, funny. And he also the... he he did the high crime where he tried to make it like the 1960s one, but missed all the charm and the point of what like the 60s one was doing. Because the problem with his versus like the Adam West one is the Adam West one is highly self-aware of itself. Yes. And um, his movie is not no. self-aware. It's and 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 they, like you were saying about Batman and Robin, it, that has every like for having every cliche you can think of because it's got like it it has Poison Ivy shout curses when she gets foiled. Like how much more on the nose can you be? Yet it never gives a smile and a wink to the camera at all. It's like how how I don't understand how you could hit like every cliche there is and not do that and have a bat credit card, which I I can't even begin to figure out how that makes sense. But it it was it was it was. Yeah, it's like you said, it was it was a 90s remake of the Adam West TV show but with lots of commercials thrown into it. And Jim Carrey playing a manic Frank Gorshin, mm-hmm. uh, that's fine, but it's just not... And I think with that movie, the acting itself is fine in the vacuum. Batman and Robin, the acting is not fine. But, no. like, 
in in Batman Returns, the acting itself is fairly decent. Um, I didn't like Val Kilmer as Batman. I thought he was a good Bruce Wayne, though. That's funny. Yes. I had the I had the opposite thought. I thought he was a better Bat than he was Bruce Wayne. Really? I thought Michael Keaton was a better Bruce Wayne than he was Bat. Uh, but and then like uh, at, uh, George Clooney was just terrible, and that like had the bat nipples, which I hated. Oh wait, what? You were talking about how bad the acting was in Batman and Robin. I can do a spot-on impression of Chris O'Donnell in Batman and Robin. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> yes. Why don't I get to do anything? Oh, that is pretty accurate. And they, that one, <laughs> that one kind of tried to cash in on like Alicia Silverstone about a year and a half too late. Mm, yeah. And she, she was going through some some weight issues at the time, and they were uh, giving her hell about like, now we have to keep fixing your costume. It's like, maybe if everything wasn't you know rigid molded plastic and rubber, this would be a little bit easier. By the way, just for the obligatory shout out, after my Chris O'Donnell impression, Justin probably just shut us off. So and um, <laughs> I thought um, Arnold was highly miscast as mr freeze he seemed to be having fun at least he was having you know, he fun, did seem to be having fun but they chewing on the drops. but they didn't use that energy properly no there was a really un, underrated line from batman and uh well from um batman forever that's when they were like batman and robin are storming the uh they're storming the hideout for uh riddler and two-face yeah, and Chris O'Donnell pulls like a 1960s type of line. He goes, "Holy metal rocks, Batman!" Holy rusted metal. <laughs> a holy rusted metal, and Batman's like, "What?" And he goes, "Look!" And he's like, he like knocks on the rocks, like they're, they're rusted metal, and and which is like it was a nice little funny subversion. Yeah, it's 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 rusted and full of holes. It's like. Can we focus, please? <laughs> and, and there's little bits of charm that, like, he missed from, like, the 60s one. Like, Cesar Romero, like, doing the Joker paint over his mustache because he wasn't <laughs> going to shave it off for the role. Uh, yeah. Which just cracks me up every time. But, like, Adam West is, like, super self-aware. And, like, even his little guest spot on The Simpsons shows, like, how much he, like, recognized what it was. Well, my favorite Adam West cameo of all time was as the Grey Ghost. I, yeah, that's oh, a good yes. one. I loved that. I I do love wonderful. him as um the mayor and Family Guy. Mm-hmm. That's an underrated role for him. I'm convinced he's just he's just goofing off. Anytime they had him come in the booth to do that, he was just goofing off the whole time. Probably. <laughs> so, oh, um, what were we so at? That, Dumb that was. Oh yeah, we that was us talking about the Dumb and Dumber cartoon. I never watched it. Um, even <laughs> I like, even I would have been fourteen at the time. Even though I would have liked Dumb and Dumber, I would have never thought I would want to watch a cartoon about it. No, that doesn't work. Um, Nine thirty is bumping the night still there. Ten a.m. is a show called Fudge. I looked this up at some point when we initially put this on the schedule, and I don't remember what it is now. Was it? Based off the Judy Bloom books, or what? I think it is. Mm. 
me I look think so, because I think I looked this up last week, and people are going to have to forgive me. I'm still, like, recovering from surgery, so some things get lost. In yep, the that's of exactly what it is. Was it live action? Yep. Yep, sure is. Why would you make a show about that? I, it's a live action show about a guy having an obnoxious as shit little brother. So, um... So that wouldn't have been good, so... Yes. No, no, no. Especially with how you know they would have played it. It's there's there's no way. Oh, it had all of 24 episodes. Um, there's no way they were going to handle that well. Well, what I don't understand is I think something like that might have done OK, like in the 80s. But on this schedule, it feel looking back, cause I think I did watch the intro for this last week. It felt like something that's like eight years out of date. When I um, when I looked at this, okay, because you're talking about this Makes is like sense. the height of '90s extreme, and you're gonna put that on the schedule? Like it doesn't feel like that fits. <laughs> That's an odd choice, right? Yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of tone deaf shows. That's through, also true. Through the years, but this feels like like remember that 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 weird clown show from like '86 or '87 that we we uh, were like. Like the littlest clowns or Which... something, and they oh, were like little yeah, mimes I... dealing with real children, and we were just perplexed why anyone would like make that. Why would you greenlight that? Yeah, or that weird one with those twins from like Canada, and we we were like so perplexed about it. <laughs> I don't even remember what that was. That like that was like Ozzy and something or other. I don't remember now. I'm not sure. Yeah, so then um, oh, 10.30, we got Reboot holding on. That's probably, out of this lineup, that is probably the only property that had any staying power whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm sure what it looks like. Yeah. Um, 11 to 12, Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show in its usual spot. Tw- 12 p.m., I never watched this, but I recognized the creature when I looked at it. What a mess, which is about a dog that I guess gets into antics. Oh, a dog getting into antics. I've never you, heard you, of that. If you look it up, the dog is going to be familiar. So I think it's based on books. Or they okay. did something with it. But if you look it up, it's like you'll recognize the dog immediately. It might have been a comic strip, actually. Okay. Is it like Marmaduke or something? Kinda. <laughs> ben Kissel's favorite. <laughs> I would take Marmaduke over this. Uh, no, the only. I'm Nanny! <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Nanny. Shut up, Freddy. I'm Nanny. I'm Nanny. I'm Benny. You know what's funny is I actually, I actually just read Devil in the White City, and when they discussed um, Nanny, they said the the common description of her was she didn't know very much, and I'm like, ouch. Yeah. Like that is not the thing you want to be remembered for 120 years after your death. You know what that translates to? Dumb as a sack oh, of rocks. Do you know where my sister Minnie is? I can't find Minnie. She's Minnie and I'm Nanny. Well, actually, her sister actually that... was halfway intelligent. Smarter. Uh, Common sense. Yeah. <laughs> was that um? Was that book any good? Yes, it's excellent. Because so what it is and why it's so great is it essentially mm-hmm. tells his story. But it intertwines it with the World's Fair from the year he was doing that stuff. So it's a deep insight into, like, the World's Fair 
and the construction and the politics behind it intermixed with with his story so it's like it gives you this excellent like pop culture background to like what how he was operating at the time because like the world's fair i think i told you guys i don't remember what it was but it it costs something like insane like 16 million dollars in in um like 1893 money which was like i think they said it was like 750 million dollars now yeah yeah just a crazy amount of money but it's it's um it and the indifferent stars above about the donner party i just read those recently and both of them are excellent matt i just have to say how much i appreciate you bringing that reference up even if it's not our joke just how much just how fun that is to bring it up sometimes and and there's actually there was actually before before you tell me there there was a cool part they were talking about like the technological innovations at the time and it's one of those things where you're kind of sad you can't experience that because they were talking about how they had like the first fully electric like house model and they were talking about this woman that went and saw it and she was just astounded that when you hit the switch that the lights all came on at the same time just like a little stuff like that we take for granted because they'd never seen electricity they'd only been dealing with like um gas lights and stuff yeah what were you gonna say uh, what was the cost of the the world's fair something like 16 million maybe 16 yeah something like that it might have been higher it might have been okay let me but um it was insane uh i know the book said it would have been 750 million in like around this decade's money let me. I'm gonna actually look it up. Um, the last podcast, lot. Oh, I can't talk. Last <laughs> podcast on the left is uh, actually going to be coming into the DC area in like late January. Um, I'm not sure if I'm gonna go. I'm like way behind on the show. But... I, I I don't listen to everything in a go. I just kind of like skip around for stuff that intrigues me. Yeah. But I'm not sure how well I would last at one of their live shows. It, like so, from what I hear, some of the stuff they they put in their live shows, I'm just like, you know what? Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> what do they put in it? Just like they they have a stream section where it's like the make the cut make the audience uncomfortable section. Oh, and it's just I'm like, uh, rather not. But you know. So anyway, sorry, didn't mean to. to I see if I can find the cost of it. <laughs> they were in a debt of 1.5 million when it was all done, which is 43 million dollars <clears throat> in today's money. Wow. And that was a 27 million visitors. Wow. Now I mean, think about something costing 750 million dollars to do. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean um, the Olympics or FIFA? Well, no, they 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 run on the cheap because they use slave labor. Especially uh, FIFA loves slave labor for the World Cup. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone from no, it wasn't FIFA. It was the Olympic International Olympic Committee went on Reddit to do an AMA, and it went exactly the way you're thinking it went right now. They got destroyed. <laughs> and FIFA doesn't do that because they know they would get raked over the coals. What, what, Just, 
I take it they did not do well about them, the exploitive nature of the Olympics. Well, they, they came on there and they were just like, hey, you know, we're here talking about the Winter Olympics. And there was most of the questions were like, hey, so that rampant corruption, how about that? And they just didn't answer, didn't answer anything related to it. And it's like, shocker. Who could have seen questions like that coming? I looked it up. I looked it up really quickly. Um, the, I found a number that said it cost $27 million, Yeah, that's... Uh, in, in, in 1893, which is like a lot of money today. But adjusted for inflation, that is over a hun- $833 million yeah. <laughs> in 2021 it's money. Insane. It's like if you're going to run... Yeah, if you're going to run a World's Fair, uh, and, it, and it basically cost you like a billion dollars. Most of it. That's insane. Yep. Jeez. I know it's insane. But that's just that rampant. Makes, like that... whoever made the budget probably just gave up like after a week and was like, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just sitting there and he just finally, you know what? Fine. And you know, the, the thing that sucks for them is like the Buffalo Bills Wild West show wasn't even a part of the fair. He just set up shop like right next door to them. Yeah. And I'm sure he raked it in. Well, that's like the height of like Annie Oakley, I think. Yeah. I was yeah, telling my wife, I mean, my, my wife rolls her eyes at my flights of fancy sometimes. I'm like, I'm kind of jealous I never got to see like Buffalo Bills, like Wild West. That had to have been fun. Oh, yeah. And you don't have to worry about things like OSHA restrictions. So she's pulling pe- they're pulling people out of the audience to, you know, bullwhip cigarettes out of their mouth and stuff. Well, I mean, if you need anyone to be killed, I mean, you can just get Alec Baldwin to handle the firearms. Hey-o! Up oh, too soon? <laughs> I was just doing the Ed McMahon response for it. You don't understand. That's not my fault. It's like, um, pretty sure you were the one who held, was holding the gun and shooting it. So yeah. 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 Kind of have some responsibility. I mean, I, I totally feel terrible for the families of the people he killed, but for him, I have no sympathy. He is a vile human being. And I know he doesn't care deep down because he's a vile human being, so fuck him. Okay. So cartoons. So um, CBS, <laughs> we got Garfield and Friends. This says rerun, so I'm guessing this is the end of it. <laughs> it does. They they just they just flat out say rerun. I think they don't even pretend. <laughs> I think it's been on here for like eight years at this point. Yeah, I think it has. So then 8:30. Um, Timon and Pumbaa, which is just a Disney spinoff of the cartoon. Um, yeah. I actually was not a huge Lion King kid. I was not either. Um, and I will say this. I really, really did not like Like they, To me, they were like the worst part of the movie. And that's probably a sacrilege to some people who love you know, They love the song that they did. They love the camaraderie they had with... Uh, Simba, but I'm I, I just never cared for it. You know, I did like when they did the sequel, like Lion King Half, and it's them doing kind of like an MST3K like retelling of the story. I thought that was amusing. Yeah, I never watched that. They like, um, I've... they were not Go like ahead. my favorite party there. I liked um, was it Rafiki was the monkey sage guy? Yeah, Rafiki. Yeah, he was my favorite part. Yep, I watched it in theaters, and then I think I watched it once since then. And now, as an adult, it's like, oh, there's going to come a time when my kids are going to want to watch it, and I'm going to have to deal with that 
that scene where Simba's trying to wake Mufasa up after the stampede, and I'm not going to be able to handle that. Oh, I like Unless... The, I like the hyenas, too. Because Whoopi Goldberg would like doing the, say it again, say it again, Mufasa. Yeah. But there's going to come this... Unless my kids, for some reason, want to see the live-action one, in which case I'm just going to sit there and laugh through the whole thing. The live-action... <laughs> it's going to look awful. I don't understand the point of the live-action one, because it wasn't different enough to justify its existence. I forgot that that existed. But it's not to bad. Me, to me, it's... It's it's kind of pointless to be like, oh, live-action. It's like, it's not live-action. Like, it's computer-generated. So you basically just remade Lion King as a computer-generated film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With just different voice actors. Because like, you're going to go to the theater and pay for it when I tell you to. Huh? It wasn't... It wasn't... It wasn't like... Um, it wasn't a tr- an atrocity like Aladdin was. Aladdin might be the the live action one might be in contention for one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I have seen precisely zero of those live action remakes, and I intend for that to be the case uh, as long as I can until I guess a few years from now when my daughter is older and if she wants to watch those because she's kind of getting into Disney, but she's still very little, so. Disney to her is just like Mickey Mouse cartoons. Yeah. So if she later on down the road wants that, then maybe. But I, I'm going to avoid that. Yeah, have, have a conversation and be like, no, 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 no. You don't want this one. You want this uh, you want one because it has Robin Williams, and that will make you like. I the only thing from the the live action Aladdin I saw was the Prince Ali entrance scene, right? Like they released that as a a, a trailer or something. And I immediately knew that they were in trouble because it's not it's not anything against Will Smith. He's he's, you know, trying really, really hard. But the direction completely missed the point of what the genie was doing throughout that song, because, you know, it's not the genie walks down the middle of the street and sings, this. you know, he faced the galloping hordes, a hundred bad guys. No. It's the genie popping around, playing the crowd, making people think that someone who's in the crowd with them knows about this guy already. I, as opposed to just walking down the street singing it. And so they don't understand what is supposed to be happening in that scene. I have a problem with Will Smith. Because he instantly, if I see his name attached to a movie, instantly takes me out of it. Because I wish credits would just be honest about things for once and say... Playing the part of Will Smith is Will Smith. So are you saying as soon as you see Will Smith in the movie, you go, ah, oh, hell no. I mean, it, depending on what it is, like, like if it's if they were to do like a Bad Boys or something, I'm fine. But like when he was like Deadshot, I'm just like, I know where this is going to go um, because he can only play one character. And, you know, of course, that's what it is. And like even with the genie, I'm like, I kind of know where this is going to go. And I thought he he did he did okay not being completely will smith but he still it's like the jack black thing he's he's got the exact problem jack black has for me see it's interesting because in, in old hollywood that was what you were doing is you didn't cast john wayne to play a character you cast john wayne to have john wayne be john wayne in your movie yeah but you didn't have john wayne like miscast is like you didn't have you didn't you didn't go like oh, oh we're you, gonna you mean 
we're gonna remake um we're gonna remake Snow White. Hey, you know who would make a great Cheshire cat? John Wayne. Like that's that's where I'd have No, a they problem cast with. John Wayne as Genghis ass Khan. He was pretty good as Genghis Khan though. <laughs> you would just... never be able to do that nowadays. No. No, no that, that doesn't work. But like um so. But the only movie I thought Jack Black actually did a good acting movie, good acting job with, where I um I actually hate the movie itself, but I thought he was pretty good about not being Jack Black in King Kong. That's the one movie he didn't uh, take me movie, out of it, but that movie was an atrocity. That, that movie wasn't terrible, in my opinion. It's just it there is no reason that movie should have been near as long as it was mm. and it was just it was just overwrought and took itself kind of too seriously it just that was a, a ponderous movie especially when like know. the original I, one from the 30s felt like there was more in it at like an hour and eight minutes uh, i never watched it i i just i didn't feel any real compelling need to see it and um like i don't feel like i even i would even need to see it as a prequel to godzilla versus king kong or as my brother charmingly puts it monkey punch lizard um i don't know it it just it didn't seem necessary should it be gorilla punch lizard monkey punch lizard sounds funnier i think or shouldn't it also be gorilla punch reptile did uh did I have you see that movie? No, I didn't. I have not. I you heard did? it's fun. It's so it, okay. Preface this: if you like kaiju movies, uh huh, it's very fun. It okay. is. It is a very fun movie. The here, the really the the star of the movie is actually King Kong. Like he's really your hero. Okay. And it it the way they have. The way they write him is like he is more explicitly heroic, mm. like intent intentionally so. Mm-hmm. Whereas Godzilla, for most of the movie, is just a fucking dick. <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's he doesn't he's not explicitly antagonistic in the sense that he intentionally tries to to harm civilians or things like that, but he does like beat the shit out of Kong and and pretty much like turfs him most of the time uh until like the end but it's it's fun it's like a fun movie they eventually they team up uh, and this is like the movie's been out for like months so i'm not really spoiling it but they they eventually they team up against uh a version of mecha godzilla so that's fun uh they it's really fun like, they should have used mecha kong like, from the original like um toy films well, you, know, you never know. They may make more of them, but this this felt like this was like it for this series, mm. or it could be. I, the original well, actually is the first Godzilla movie I ever saw. Original uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, because like the because yeah. I saw it as a VHS at like a J.C. Penney's outlet, and I think it was affordable, so my parents got it for me. But how can you not be attracted to a giant lizard? And a giant gorilla like attacking each other on the cover. Yeah, the, I mean, the game Rampage took off for some odd reason, right? Yeah. So, all right. Um, 
oddly enough, our discussion of live action Aladdin pulls us into the next slot. Aladdin holding on yet again. That is, I will defend that as a solid show. I, I've heard that it was it was a very good adventure show, but yeah, I don't know. I just never got to watch it. Uh, Nine thirty, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles still on the schedule. Well, I can't believe that show lasted this long. It, thinking it back to Turtle Mania, I believe it. But I, can't, I don't know that it was the right choice, but I believe it. I guess new young kids came in, but I just couldn't imagine like being in the front of it. Like who would still be in at this point? Yeah. yeah. This this going into like the ninety five season, it had to have been butting heads almost with when they were doing that like really uh, short lived live action one. with um, Venus de Milo or whatever her name was, the girl. Yeah, one. I felt I felt like that was late nineties, so that this was like coming hmm. close to that. Yeah, that's gotta be. Was that on Saturday morning or was that like a syndication show? That I feel was syndicated because I I remember it airing on I think Fox equivalent uh, at like the afternoon block. I vaguely remember that show. I, I vaguely remember the commercials. I never watched it. Now I have to look to see if it's on. Oh, uh, Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation. That's on Saturday morning in '97. Oh wow! So it looks like it ended and went straight into that. Huh. That's I interesting. I didn't realize the Weird Al show was on '97. I thought that was later. Okay. I only ever watched one episode of that. It was not uh, my flavor of humor. Well, I like Al in general, and they had a great Randy Savage cameo in it. Yeah, I like Randy Al, but Savage. It, just, it just wasn't my my thing. Mm, I bet. I bet they had it meddling all over it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's see. So. At 10 a.m., we have our second Jim Carrey property on the schedule, which is The Mask, which this show I think I saw, and it's terrible. I remember this one. It was an absolutely dreadful show. I could get them making this into a um, into a cartoon because that's a little more kid-friendly. Well, yeah, I mean, in the movie, Stanley Ipkiss' whole thing was that he was doing very much like Tex Avery stuff as as the mask but part of what it made it work was that jim carrey was able to fill the role of both goofy over the top and also like very kind of down-to-earth likable kind of guy and it was very i feel like it was very the movie is very it's almost a tribute to roger rabbit with some of the stuff they do that's a good way mm. of putting it, yeah. And and um, not to be a pig, but Cameron Diaz is just smoking in that movie. <laughs> yeah, again, not to, <laughs> I'll also not be a pig, but this was probably the absolute height of of Cameron Diaz. Oh yeah, she was ridiculous in this. That oh, yeah. first scene where she walks into the bank, they apparently the trivia is that the direct she and the directors and and um costuming and stuff spent all day trying to find the absolute right look for that good job guys you did great let's see how old she was for that so she would have been that was her first uh first feature film she'd been 22 or 23 for that was that her first feature let's look pretty sure she's um i always thought she was should have been a bigger 
thing than she was. I thought she's she's done some good stuff, but I've always enjoyed her acting. Um, I thought I thought I still think actually her best role is Princess Fiona. That's a good call. Yeah, that's a good. I think because she, you know, as weird and oddly like late nineties, appropriately gross. Uh, there's something about Mary is. I thought she did a great job playing the straight man to all the absurdity in that movie. She did a really excellent so, job at, um, at playing the, being like the anchor that held everyone together. Yeah. So that really worked. Um, and then, yeah, princess Fiona was fun. And I guess she's just kind of quietly retired and said, I don't want to do stuff no, anymore. She so. does, um, she does like, I don't know. What would you call them that? Like B level comedies a lot. Does she? I'm going to look that up now. Because did... I, I was under the impression she had just kind of retired and said, you know what, I'm No, she's still, I'm good. She still pops up in something here and there. Retired actress, according to her Wikipedia. Mm. Let's see. Final acting roles. Uh... She re- she retired in 2017 because she was just tired of traveling everywhere. That's got to suck doing that stuff, like just being on the set all the time. Yeah, it's got to be exhausting. It looks like um, she hasn't done anything since 2014. So, you know what? Good. Hey, good for her. You know, the, you get to a point when you're just like, you know what? I'm secure. I'm happy. I just don't want to do it anymore. It looks like she pumped out, like, a lot of stuff from, like, 99 through 2003 and then, like, backed way off. Uh, In that that time when her star was really on the the high. Yeah, because I would say Charlie's Angels was probably the height of her popularity. Because Charlie's Angels is the first one. I don't think people remember that one well because I think the first one was successful, right? It was, and they were trying. They were chasing the the dragon of that one. Cause the I think where they'll never recreate that though is they they just happen to catch her, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu at like each the height of their respective powers, and that's really hard to do. Like with a property, is to catch people when they're at their hottest. Yeah. Uh, since we brought up something about Mary, uh, I yeah. don't know why, but this is now the second <laughs> movie. That Harlan Williams had a part in. Ah, you're right. <laughs> he, he played the hitchhiker in this movie. He had a really funny exchange. Uh, was it with Matt Dillon or was it with? Uh, it was with Ben Stiller. Oh, Ben Stiller. He's and like, he's like, at the top, he had to go back into like the late '90s, but yeah. they had like an eight-minute ab, like that was an exercise video. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do seven-minute abs, and everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna, you know, get seven-minute abs, and it's like Ben Stiller's like. Yeah, well, you know, until someone comes up with like six minute abs and everyone's gonna want to do this six minute ab video. And the guy, Harlan Williams, just fucking loses his shit. He's like, No, no, why, why would they do that? It's seven minute abs. And he's, and he's sitting like, there just, holding this giant duffel bag. Yeah, he's like just freaking out, and it's just hilarious. And this the huge duffel bag he's carrying has a dead body in it. Yeah. So when Ben Stiller gets pulled over, he just runs off in the woods, and Stiller doesn't know what's in it. He's in the interrogation room. He's like, 
look, guys, I know this is the Bible Belt, but I didn't think you were that uptight about it. And it cuts to, it cuts to outside the interrogation room, and all the all the sound from inside's muted, but that cop's bouncing Ben Stiller's head off the table. That movie has a a lot of great like real short scenes, mm-hmm. but you get into like longer stuff, and it's like I, it, it would kind of start to lose me through that. Him but. getting attacked by the dog was hilarious the first time I saw it. <laughs> yes, because it's just so over the top, like. Yeah. Where they mix the speed into the dog's food or something. Yeah. And, and then uh, you... <laughs> God. They obviously just wing the model at Ben Stiller's head and he ducks and it flies out the window. <laughs> it was a really good model, too. Yeah. What are you going to say, Matt? Uh, that was like... For time, the Farley Brothers had like a, a ton of hits. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. I think... I think they also, me, myself, and Irene is where they fell off with Jim Carrey at the same time. It it was fine, but it wasn't as, I don't think it was as big a hit as they were hoping it would be. And I think part of that's the fact that Renee Zellweger's just not that likable. She's not? So, anyway. I don't think she's unlikable. She's just not, um... I don't know, there's something more limited about her than, like, even if you compare the two, like, I just think Cameron Diaz is more flexible as a as an actor than Renee Zellweger is. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that friend of the show, Justin, uh, would appreciate me saying this, because he's a, a huge fan of Friends, but I would actually argue of, of all of them, like, Jennifer Aniston is actually good like maybe the best oh by far she, she is not a bad actress when she does could be uh not, sorry dramatic stuff because she um i think they've done the second season so far but the newsroom uh an apple tv show i watched the first season and she was actually pretty good in that and that's kind of like uh it's in a way it's like a, a fictionalized version of what happened with matt lauer uh oh okay she's good she's good in that but she's also a very funny comedic actress. I'm not even talking about like friends. Like she's funny and other stuff. I think uh, she um, did a. I mm-hmm. think Courtney Cox is pretty good, but she doesn't have the, the flexibility that Aniston does. Yeah. See, I don't really care much for Aniston. Uh, I can't put my finger on why. I just don't care much for. Probably her. because she doesn't. She doesn't really do a lot of roles that I think um, people of our demographic care about. I, I the funniest woman uh, from Friends. I thought Lisa Kudrow was the funniest, but oh, the, I hated this... she, I hate Phoebe. I hated her as a kid, and I hate her even more as an adult. <laughs> this, the the off the wall space cadet thing has a certain charm. To I me. I hate try hard stuff, and she was like the most try hard of characters. Eh, I suppose it. Friends was not uh, my show. Um, it was. It did not resonate with me. I had some friends that loved it, but it was not my like the only person from the ensemble cast I actually liked was was Chandler. And, you know, it's an ensemble cast, so you don't. And oh, by the way, I hated Ross, like watching that show. Joe's OK. I hated Ross. I liked Chandler and everybody else. I was at most lukewarm on. So it was not a show that hit for me. The The unfortunate part is the, the show that did hit for me f- 
fumbled the ending so bad it ruined the whole series for me. So I don't uh, remind me of the how I met your mother. You know what I hated about friends? Why didn't Ross eat the other friends? He was clearly the largest <laughs> of the friends. I've heard that reference. Where does that come from? That's um that's um oh it's from Futurama. It's um the oh, okay. the the space aliens that lure okay. from Omicron. Right. They're like watching it because they get they get like um Earth signals like hundreds of years later and he and his wife are watching it and he's like, What I don't understand is why does Ross not eat the other friends? <laughs> okay. I think it was All a right. Bigfoot episode, maybe. No, I don't. No, I think because, no, they came to Earth and they were going to blow people up because they didn't get the end of Allie McBeal. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what's the next time slot? So I have no idea what this is. So at 1030, I think I even watched this. So Santa, Santo Buggito, I don't know what this is. Never heard of it. Got nothing. Matt? Uh, Professor, no, I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um. Wow, that's a swing and a miss. In the spring, Ace Ventura hits, which is another Jim Carrey property. So, right. I think there might be a point. No, Dumb and Dumber. Ponderous. Gone. Yeah, it is ponderous. I remember the Ace Ventura cartoon, and that was bad. That one was downright terrible. Because you. Because especially like when you have someone doing a bad Jim Carrey Ace Ventura impersonation, which everyone did at the time, it was really annoying. Yeah. Okay, so Eleven, I do remember this because there was a movie, and I don't know why they were obsessed with trying to make him like a relevant thing again, but the twisted tales of Felix the Cat. Um, if you're listening to this, you know who Felix the Cat is. He's like a black cat. Yeah. The movie wasn't terrible, I don't think. But I only saw it once. And that one was not happening for happening for me. I never Felix watched the, it. Felix the Cat uh, was created in 1919 during the silent film era, and and he had cartoons going into like the 1950s. But clearly, this was like they redid this. This just strikes me as like they needed to. They wanted to have a, a cartoon show. They were kind of reading like old intellectual properties. Just you, know, to see what you, they mm. you know what it makes me think of is someone was like, I need to make a cartoon on the cheap. What's in public domain? Yeah, that 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 is a really good way of putting it, I think. Because remember, they did that weird anime Nemo, little Nemo movie, like around this time frame, which makes me think like, I don't know. I they, remember. Yeah. Um. So 11.30, I guess they have turtles on again because they split the hour up instead of just having an hour of turtles. Um, yeah. Then Beekman's World's still hanging in there. So then we head over to Fox. By the way, that lineup really does nothing for me. No, it, it does not. Like, the, the unfortunate part is that that particular Turtles cartoon has worn out its welcome at this point. Like, we, we're through two channel lineups and I there is not a thing yet that really has interested me yeah or would have when i was 14 right right so let's head over to fox to save the day mm. <laughs> okay so um 8 a.m we have we're on earth is carmen san diego 
that wasn't a terrible show. We talked about how it had a lot to live up to in context because of the game show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you the the kids not you couldn't be a self insert with the kids there, so it it lost a little something on the investment. And you didn't have the fun side criminals either. That's true. It was always Carmen, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, eight thirty Power Rangers still on there. We've talked about that a lot. Nine. Now, hang. Interesting thing with the Power Rangers thing that I want to throw in real quick was that this was this was right after and our because the Power Rangers didn't, as far as I remember, they started on in the afternoons. It didn't start on a Saturday morning thing. No, they did the they did the um they did that syndication slash Saturday morning thing. Okay, and then the other thing about this is. I think that this would be the year where they actually progressed from the original designs to uh, the Thunder Zords and the the Ninja Zord stuff, where they actually bought the suits so they could shoot their own footage. And I but take they, it that went poorly, right? They they got the suits. They only did it for one year, and then they tanked it because '96, spring of '96. They changed it to Power Rangers Zeo, where they killed off some of the established characters that you like the su- established supporting characters. And it's like, uh, I guess we got the Zeo Chris. We're gonna, and I, at that point, it went from like the Zords being like, you know, having the animal traits and that sort of stuff to the Zeo Zords were just just bland colors with shapes on the head kind of thing. And it was at that I was already getting kind of old, but, you know, I got a kick out of watching martial arts stuff. And it was at that point I punched out because I was just done. It's what, like, never mind. I'm what out. Zord was in the movie, the, the, the movie back in the 90s? They were uh, I think those were supposed to be the Thunder Zord. Was that the Thunder Zords? Uh, let me look that. Let me look at that real quick. Because I think I think. Um, no, they, I think they did their own thing for that. I think the trying to choreograph their own fights was stupid because why would you take that away from a studio? And like generally a, a, a movie culture that understands Kaiju and have been doing that type of stuff for decades on varying budget degrees and try and like stumble through it yourself. That just seems dumb. It just it well, it, it just let them add some more uh, some more shots to it. And that sort of stuff. at that point, that was season three. So it was ninjas. It was Thunder Zords, Ninja Zords, and Shogun Zords, right? And then it went into the uh, the Zeo stuff, and it's like, well, never mind. In the movie, the very beginning of the movie, they they tanked everything to ha- make them have to go get new ones, uh, which you know, selling new toys. But um, that's you know they. The stuff in the movie was just was basically brand new for the movie. The the shame of it is getting the suits. And I know I can tell you, I know all of this strictly because of Linkara's history of Power Rangers videos. The shame of that is you just couldn't have the. Um, you know, you weren't able to have the. Uh, you couldn't add in some like supplementary shots or anything like that. Because. You know, it, it was a. Uh, you didn't have, you know, couldn't fill in some blanks or add anything, um, which is a shame. But 
So up next we, we have um, the Masked Rider, I, which oh, go ahead, Matt. Uh, this is really like kind of like a, a non sequitur, but I actually saw uh, the toy for Pudgy Pig, <laughs> the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes. Wow. It's fifty Pudgy bucks pig though. Figure. Like, Pudgy upsets Pig. Me. I didn't think it was that much when I saw it. Might have been thirty-five, thirty-ish, maybe. And maybe I, I have to. I'll check the price, but I actually am kind of contemplating buying that because it's. I own uh, Power Rangers toys that was kind of like after my time, but yeah. the figure is like fun. It's a fun little figure. <laughs> the the giant chompy mouth pudgy pig that yes, swallowed four yeah. of the five rangers. Mm. Is that like a, yeah. the creeping terror? Have you ever seen that movie? Uh-uh. So it was an MST3K one, but like the, it was like this giant carpet monster. This is a super low budget movie. Like they had to narrate most of it because they lost like the audio tracks to it before it was released. Wow. So it's this carpet monster that eats people, and you have to watch these poor people like climb into this carpet monster pretending to get eaten. Well, what what they had done is the way that the pudgy pig stuff was shot was that they. Because the Rangers loved to jump attack at things. They loved to leap through the air with their attacks. And whenever they did that, it basically looked like the shot just had them jump from the perspective, uh, the profile perspective, past the the pig's mouth into to make it look like it was going in the mouth. Was he, so, um, did he actually get to fight the Megazord or was he one of those ones that just got chumped by their like combined weapons? The combined weapons never actually worked because they would do that and then Rita would be like, "Uh uh-uh, gonna make him big. I'm pretty sure he fought the the Megazord. Okay. So up next we have the Masked Rider. I'm sorry, Matt, I stepped all over you there. No, you're okay. This is, um... This is kind of a Power Rangers ripoff, but I think they just took, like, um, the Kamen Rider property from Japan and just kind of renamed him. Mm -hmm. Is that what it was? I think so. I... I, I tried to look up if it was based on that, but it's... It's in that weird time period where they did not faithfully adapt things at all. So, it's... I think they just took something that was popular at the time, like, hey, Power Rangers are popular, this looks kind of Power Rangers-ish, but I, I... Remember the commercials? I never watched this. I never watched it. I have a friend in northern Kentucky who, interestingly enough, is doing a Cayman Rider gimmick where he's wrestling. Oh, that's a good um, that's a good wrestling gimmick. So he does the he'll he'll come at they'll do the thing with the lights down and he'll have the helmet sit in the entryway and then they shut the lights off and when it comes back on he's standing there with like the helmet on. So, you know, go Hex. Let's see, I'm looking. Yeah, it's Cayman Rider. So. Okay. It's just Cayman Rider. They just called it Mask Rider. Which Fair I actually enough. think Cayman Rider is a cooler name than Mask Rider. But uh, that's just no. me. Matt, you got any recollections of this? Uh, vague recollections, but I never really watched it. This again, I, if if um if Power Rangers was a little too it was a little past my prime, then I wasn't going to watch like any of the like, I won't say spinoffs, but like associated type of shows. Yeah. Um, nine thirty, we got eek, eek, the Extravaganza hanging in. Um, 
Yeah. We've gone this, pretty in-depth on that. This lineup really isn't new, so we're going to kind of blow past the rest. Of, well, there is a new one, but I think it debuted over the summer or in a different time slot. But, okay. Um, then we have Spider-Man at 10, The Tick at 10.30, The X-Men at 11. That's still a killer lineup, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then 11.30 is our one new one, which is Life with Louie, which this is like a Louie Anderson um, cartoon property. L- Louie Anderson. That's a good impression. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah, it was it was the kind of animated family comedy thing, which, you know, it was okay. It was depressing. <laughs> Okay. It's stuff that, like, as a kid, you kind of, like, I don't know, I watched it, but some stuff in hindsight, like, ah, eh, that seems quasi-abusive stuff, so it's, um, I don't think that aged well. Yeah, probably not. So then, um, we go to Saved by the Bell channel. Yeah, that, ain't that, <laughs> that's so the favorite channel say, of a friend of ours. Yeah, I will say friend of the show, Chrissy Petrone, <laughs> loved love this lineup and i'm sure he has all of these shows on dvd or burned yeah um i actually hated when they switched because i i loved cartoons like i even though i wasn't really like watching saturday morning cartoons consistently like i he he, he would love this i hated it when it, when it moved to like live action stuff i yeah. never i never liked any of the saved by the bell spinoffs except for saved by the bell I never liked the follow-up series. I never liked the the rip-offs trying to catch that like same oh yeah demo. I just never liked any of them. So this trying is to get that lightning in a bottle. Yeah, so we're just gonna blow through this because I don't think we have much of an opinion. Saved by the Bell, the new class still hanging in there. Hang time, which is like a basketball high school show, I think. Mhm. I think I saw one episode one time. Mm, I didn't see any of it. Um, then we get another episode of Saved by the Bell, the new class. I don't know why. This year they seem to really like breaking these hours up to try and get you to come back for a show. I think that by taking something new and sandwiching it between two blocks of an established thing, the idea was to get you to hang around to see the new thing. Yeah, and then California Dreams, I think, is hanging on for like year two or three here, which, yeah, this lineup I don't care about. So um, I have... Now, I never watched California Dreams, but I have heard incredibly uncomplimentary things about it. Like, just just bad, bad things. And then um, that's a that's, that's a Christy Petrillo favorite, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's that's why I was trying to be judicious in my word choice so then and we, not doing very well. We have a, we have a new challenger on the block. That is, nice. I have a hard time because I want to call it the CW because it's been the CW for like 15 years at this point. But so WB finally <laughs> comes stomping into. Call it, call it the Dubba Dubba WB. They're still doing Michigan J Frog, I think, at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they were. So they come out of the they come out of the gate strong here. So um. They they come in at eight o'clock with Animaniacs. Um, we go to eight thirty with Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries. I didn't care for this one at all. I don't remember this one at all. <clears throat> it was them. I think they were. I think it was Sylvester and Tweety doing antics around 
granny doing mystery work. Boy, that seems like a stretch to me. I I feel like I do remember this. I didn't watch it, but I feel like I remember it. <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued by it because I did a I watched a bunch of Looney Tunes this um this summer and Granny is a much stronger character than I ever gave her credit for. Like I think she could carry a a concept by herself. So then, nine o'clock, Animaniacs again, again breaking up the the hour. Um, yeah. Nine thirty, we get a spinoff. Pinky and the Brain get their own show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Pinky and the Brain is where we got. Um, I can't remember the voice actor, but we got Brain doing the Orson Welles commercial bit, which was the voice actor's warm up for doing the Brain. So. Uh, that's that just it just terrifically amuses me that that kind of inside baseball at that point is that is that the um from Chris Coting that, that, that. <laughs> All right, why why in the world would it why, they want to hear right. things about beans because yeah they're they're getting brain to do a voiceover about green beans I think. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're Orson Welles. He rips the uh, the sound tech. I think I'd have to go back and listen to it again. It's been a long time. That was July. He's growing there. We aren't even in the fields. You see, already. They're pretty much a faithful. Um, they're pretty much a faithful. Retelling of the Orson Welles stuff. Yeah. There's yeah, just was... there's a couple lines they changed like um. Oh, what's he say after put that in front of a jury and all something or other? <laughs> I don't know. Because in the Orson Welles way, he's like, like <laughs> tell that to a jury and I'll go down on you. And oh, yeah. <laughs> and Brain does like something. Then he covers it up really well. Like you wouldn't know that it's not what he said. Because it fits yeah. like the brain, but that's the Orson Welles one. <laughs> I'm gonna go find that after we get done. Oh man, I forget that. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go find that. That's that's. And then I remember the end of that. And brain's like, fine, see if you can find someone else to do it. And he walks into the lobby, and there's all the brain impersonators sitting there practicing the lines. And so he turns on his heel and goes back in and just does the commercial. Oh, I think the the beef one. When he goes, this is a load of, like, hogwash or something, or no, this is a load of trife or something, I think the Orson Welles one, like, this is a load of shit, is, I think, the other one they, they changed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here, the protest is beef burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I, refer, I, I literally forgot about this, the Orson Welles outtakes for, like, like the last 10 plus years, <laughs> I forgot about them. They're great, because like, he's just saying, like, stuff, but he's, like, so classy about it. Yeah. Uh, plus, by that time, he was. He's like, just got just, the bearing. He's like a drunk. Well, they said for like the Transformers movie, they like, they um, they slotted out like four days for him to do it, and they get a call an hour later. He's like, "Yep, my lines are all done." And they're like, "Really?" And they listened to all of it, and like they had to modify it because his voice was bad. But they said like, "Yeah, I did everything right." They said when he did the shadow, they used to hate it because he would just come sauntering in like two minutes before showtime, but no one could say anything because he always nailed everything he did. Mm-hmm. 
with no issue. So, yeah. Um, 10 a.m. is a show we've talked about numerous times in the lead up to this, but Freakazoid. I absolutely love that show. Me too. I I've spoken about this before, and I think way back in our um, when we did the the whole episode like maybe 70, 71, the whole uh cartoon episode, the original one we did. Yeah. I talked about my love for it. It I I didn't put it on my list. It was I think an honorable mention, but absolutely fantastic show. Um, I haven't I haven't seen it in years. If I go back, I'm afraid that it would not hold up as well. And some of the, the, the jokes might be dated, but it is still, like, a fantastic show. I yeah. love stuff. Like, the villains are really fun in that. Like, Cave Guy and The Lobe. Mm-hmm. But... I, I, I still think Cog, uh, Officer Cosgrove is, is still... Yeah. <laughs> Just get so, Ed Asner hey. graveling his way through it. Hey. Cut it out. <laughs> now, I've been, I've been rereading Amazing Spider-Man from the beginning... And I cannot read J. Jonah Jameson without Ed Asner's voice. I know the guy that did it in the movie is really good, but, like, Ed Asner is just such a, like, Jameson voice. Oh, for me, it's it's all J.K. Simmons all the time. Yeah, I'm afraid, like, I kind of now view him as that. Like, Simmons, I don't know what he did, or, like, they just sit and talk with Stan Lee for hours, but... I, when I saw that first Spider-Man movie, it I saw no because first of all he got the costuming down perfect, but it was just like, well I, look, it, it's not J.K. Simmons playing J. Jonah James. It, that is J. Jonah Jameson. Like, it's a lot like Robert Downey Jr. with Tony Stark for me with with that J. Jonah Jameson too. It's like that's just that character. Yeah. Have you have you guys seen the picture? This is like from a couple years ago, but of J.K. Simmons. Uh, lifting weights and he is like fucking jacked no No. oh okay yeah you should you should google that he is like he's current his his current age is like 66 i guess it's from actually like five years ago Mm -hmm. Um, right before he was he was when he was filming scenes for justice league and his arms are like obscenely huge and like like the veins popping out in them like he looks like a monster and people were um, were talking about like that, and they're like, "Oh, he got really like in great shape for his role in Justice League." And I think afterwards he gave an interview somewhere where he's like, "No, no, I didn't." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, no, "I didn't do that for a role. I just wanted to get jacked." <laughs> it's like, okay, he he wanted to have like giant arms and look like a monster. That's hilarious. I, look, yeah. to be honest, if I had the money and freedom to pick what I was going to be doing that sort of stuff, then it might be just, yeah, sure. I got the money. I got the money. I got the time. Let's let's get freaking ripped. That's the other thing that's hilarious that I don't think a lot of people realize if they're just on the internet, but like Dave Meltzer is jacked too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He's a, he's, he's not uh, an overly tall guy. Um, he's not like a, he's not a short guy like, like Brian Alvarez is, but Dave is like a, a I wouldn't say a smaller guy, but he's not like, he's not like a, a wrestler in the sense that he's like six, four. No, like but if you look at him, like that picture of him in the eighties, like or late early nineties sitting next to Vince when he's got like the mullet, like he's going like muscle for muscle with Vince and like that, that suit jacket. Yeah. Uh, Dave Meltzer has like some size to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Because someone asked him once how he got so jacked, and he's just like, he's like, I just like went to a gym once and realized I like doing it. That's that's the reason yeah. he's like. That is like the most Melcher explanation for something I have ever heard. That's his explanation for a lot of stuff. <laughs> he's an odd guy. Like I, and that's, I'm not trying to disparage him. I'm not, but he is. He is like that. He's kind of like idiosyncratic, where it's like, well, I just like lifting, and that's why. It's like okay, okay. He's, Melter <laughs> is a perfectly rational explanation. Melter is like I think the truest definition of like a nonconformist. Like he just does what he wants to do. Mm. So yeah, then I, it I, makes sense. I don't have a subscription, but I do love listening to um, the, some of the podcasts he does with Brian because he there are things that he sometimes gets caught up on, and you can almost like audibly. And I mean he's. Brian has known him so many years, so he has to know Dave's idiosyncrasies. But Meltzer would get caught up on something, and it's like you can sometimes just hear <laughs> hear Brian's frustration over the the, the problem the with that though is people take him literally every time. But there's times you can tell if you know Meltzer. There's times mm-hmm. where he's literally doing it on purpose just to make Brian Alvarez med, mad. Mm-hmm. Like there's times where you know he like really is caught on something. And there's other times where like. Alvarez will say something and Meltzer will give this like short reply. And when he does like the short reply, you know, like, Oh, you're just doing this to like, you're doing this to poke him. <laughs> My favorite part is whenever they're like talking ratings and Meltzer gets like weirdly obsessed with like the most, the, the absolutely accurate number where like Brian could just be like, yeah, raw, like had a bad night last night. Didn't do that great in the ratings. And Meltzer would be like, Oh, so, so they had, uh, um, um, let me see my notes and it's like, <laughs> here just like papers rustling like crumpling and everything like that yeah so they had a, a 1.1.85 uh you know and he starts rattling off like all the demos and it's like and, oh my and brian's God, like Dave, i don't care Dave, like, it doesn't matter and he's it like well, no, i love that he does that I'm, though and melcher's like no we have to talk about the 21 to 22 female demographic on this episode and you could just hear alvarez go like oh my god like where's the booze <laughs> There have been some times when I've listened to like clips on YouTube and stuff where Dave will do something and Alvarez just say, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's just just to finally hear him crack and kind of lose it a little bit. The, the thing people don't get, though, is sometimes he is goofing around. But Meltzer is yeah. very dry in his sense of humor. Like, it really happens a lot on Twitter where people get worked up. And if you look at it, it's like, no, Meltzer was obviously, like, telling a joke here. You just don't get it because he's too dry for for you. He has a, a very kind of British-style sense of humor in how he approaches a lot of stuff. It's it's a it's a very, like you said, dry. It's a droll yeah. is a very good way. Of, it's a very, very droll. Yeah. So Which have, is fun. We have one last show on the schedule for this year. And that is Earthworm Jim. Mm. And I still remember the song because it's very earwormy. Because in the soil he did grow. I have to be honest with you. I, aside from knowing Earthworm Jim exists, that's all I got. I have nothing regarding Earthworm Jim at all. I like the, the, the original game, which is a uh, side-scroller platform game. But yeah. I can't say that outside of playing the game, I can't say that I that I actually remember this cartoon. 
it was what you would expect an Earthworm Jim property to be. Um, the sequel's pretty. The sequel game's pretty good too. But he did not make like the transition to like 3D graphics, so he kind of died out in this the mm. the next era. Gotcha. So I, that, I knew he had he had dropped off, but I never did put together why. Yes, he because a lot of those platformers really struggled in like that move to 3D. Yeah. Because it really took the platformer. I mean, really from like 97 until I think like the past decade that you know it took platformers that long to really start getting a foothold again because once like the retro style and like the metroidvanias started gaining popularity like that's when i think the platformer made a comeback if you went if you moved to 3d and you weren't mario you were having a hard time on the platforming front but mario mario adapted to 3d though because like mario is less of a platformer in 3d that's true but you know it's still not a not an easy transition but yeah. you know of course mario's the one that pulls it off yeah so this is 1995 this might be our last episode on this and i have to say this is a really terrible lineup of shows other than fox which didn't do anything new and um wb which i think came in with some high quality stuff uh i would i would still give it to, to fox mm-hmm. because Spider-Man, Tick, X-Men, that 90-minute block is just so absolutely solid. so solid. And for the time, like, it, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was still, like, going gangbusters. Yeah. yeah. And I, again, I don't, I didn't really watch The Masked Rider, but I imagine that was probably decently popular at the time because it was playing off the, the Rangers theme. That, I think, is an incredibly strong... Uh, lineup outside of like Life with Louie, which I didn't care about, uh, and even the extravaganza, like it's not, I don't think that was great, but it, it was like inoffensive, like 30 minutes. But I thought the WB had a strong lineup, like it's just, it's not like superhero cartoons outside of like Freakazoid, which wasn't really like a superhero, it was more like a comedy, but um, I thought that was pretty decent. It felt like you know what the WB lineup in a vacuum feels like. It feels like what your nostalgic t- remembrance of Saturday morning cartoons actually is. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like those 80 lineups, except with actually good stuff instead of crap. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It, it, it's solid. It's just that it suffers from... It, it suffers from the comparison because what you get like let's 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 pretend like this is an 80s lineup so you have like your traditional bugs bunny type ish thing with the animaniacs you have yep. um the repurposing of old characters in a new genre with the sylvester and tweety mysteries so that mm-hmm. would be like the three stooges solving crimes which that was a cartoon then you right. have like your quirky comedy which is the animaniacs then you have some actiony stuff with freakazoid and earthworm jim like that feels mm-hmm. like that feels like the romanticized idea of a Saturday morning cartoon lineup from like the mid eighties. That makes sense. Except oddly enough, it's, it's higher quality. That, that's my point. Like it's <laughs> yeah. what it's, um, it's, um, it would be if you memed like nostalgia for Saturday morning cartoons with the swole Corgi and then the actual Corgi. <laughs> 
that's what you thought you remember and yeah. what you really remember. And this would be swole corgi, and then the actual cartoons would be would be the um the sad one. Yeah. Yeah. Would be I the virgin corgi, and then this so... is the Chad corgi. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been digression. The episode as well. We always digress um, on that. That's half the fun of these, though. But I mean, this one has been just way out there on the digression stuff. It's because there's nothing. Wow. There's the problem with this set is there's nothing new. There's like there's a, very little new. Yeah. There's a couple. There there's there's exactly two shows worth talking about, and we've talked about both of them ad nauseum. Yeah. Well, and okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of credit in in dropping in a little bit of. Uh, of uh, Power Rangers like trivia in the background stuff, but that's really it, bad news. The new stuff, by and large, is either bad or forgettable until you get to to the WB stuff. And as good as it is, we've already said it. You're you're trying to slay the giant. That's what Fox has going there. So, I mean, they they did a they did. I would say that is an admirable first lineup. Oh, it's solid. It's 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 definitely it's above average, but but I think what you're stepping to, I think where they struggled though, and where it was kind of a misstep is, Pinky and the Brain was watered down as far as where you could see it because it was getting primetime play at this time. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. um, you could see Pinky and the Brain all over the place. Like if it was exclusive to Saturday morning, it would have been like a killer show. Yeah, I can see what you're saying with that. Oh, we should talk about Snowball as an underrated Pinky and the Brain character. I don't remember that one. Snowball's like his hamster rival. Oh, I don't like that at all. I I didn't watch enough to pick that one up. So. That has been, um, so we did about 11 years of Saturday morning cartoons with this. That's Um, true. So my, my general takeaway from all of this is, um, I would say 90% of what we discussed or I researched or looked at for this outright sucked. And about 5% <laughs> of the shows were excellent. And then there was like a, a couple, a couple percentage of like mediocre that was acceptable in my opinion. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There, I, There's just, I, I can say there's some stuff I look back on fondly knowing it's not good. Yeah, but still having some enjoyment out of it. Um, it would, it's kind of an odd spot to be, but if you get used to taking off the nostalgia glasses, then you can you can find that that comfortable comfortable groove to get in sometimes. Yeah, definitely. So, well, everybody, there we go. I think we're putting the finishing touches on the cartoon. So we would love to hear from you. Is there anything you thought we left out? Is there anything that we liked you also liked? We would, you know, please hit us up on our social media. And so, this has been Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we'll catch you next time.